Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 87 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, you have me. Yes, I'm Jess. I am the head sober girl at a Sober Girls Guide, and today... I'm going to answer some of your questions and also talk about, you know, our current situation with quarantine, all that good stuff, and um, how that feels. Well, let's just jump right into it. Talking about feelings. Um, I recently, I guess last month, celebrated three years of sobriety, which I'm so so grateful for. And I can't tell you how the last month here has been very painful. I honestly thought that once I've reached, you know, three years in sobriety that I was invincible. Like this was it. Like I've paid my dues. I have, you know, I don't know, maybe like right all my sins. I don't know. I don't know what I was, what I'm thinking. But I thought because I have been such a quote-unquote good person, a good sober person and redeemed myself, that that was like exempting me from pain. And I know that sounds just ludicrous, but this last month, man, I got to level with you. It's been painful. And I mean, physical pain, emotional pain just spiritually growth of pain. It's just been uh, really challenging overall. And I spoke about this um, this past week. I was um, asked to be a speaker or guest on um, Seek Purpose's live uh, video chat conference call. And I was not prepared. I straight up said, listen, I am not prepared for this. And I basically just said how I was in a really rough spot. And 
that is a perfect, I guess, segue into, you know, why, why we, we drink, why we do things that we do to avoid, avoid this pain, to avoid responsibility. We're always kind of running. I felt that if I ran fast enough and I kept myself occupied and my brain going, that nothing could catch me. And that is why I drank. I drank to really run away from my feelings, to, to avoid all of that emotional stuff because I just wasn't equipped to deal with it. I just wasn't in that headspace or even really felt safe um, to even explore that. And I think alcohol is just the biggest buffer right? It is like a perfect, if you're an avoidant personality, now this is a little excerpt from a book that I've read recently called Attached. Oh my gosh, if you have not read that book, go get it. It's amazing. It basically describes your attachment style. Um, People are avoidant, they are anxious, and then secure. Um, Surprise, surprise. I fit in to an avoidant and that is 100% what I use drinking, what I use drugs. Um, even sometimes I can catch myself using my phone or work to avoid sticky situations or feelings of discomfort that I just don't want to be in. And I think that is exactly where we're all at today. We're all at a level playing field with um, uh, self-isolation, quarantine, Whatever you want to call it, uh, we are all kind of forced to sit and be still. And there is no real place to run to. You know, we're, we're with ourselves right now. And that is really, really hard for a lot of people. That is tough. I know a lot of people are saying like, oh, you know, all you have to do is sit on your couch and stay home. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds fantastic for for a lot of us. But when it comes down to it, you're left with you, yourself, and yourself at the end of the day. And that is a little too much to bear for a lot of people. So that being said, I wanted to update you guys with my, my roommate situation. I don't know if a lot of you kind of heard about this or whatnot, but um, just to give you a little Cole's notes here, um, one of my roommates just didn't deal well with this whole quarantine situation. Um, like myself, she was a runner. She doesn't like to sit and deal with anything, but you know what? We can analyze her actions and her personality till the cows came home, but um, end of the day, um, I was being bullied and I know that sounds really weird and uh, kind of silly to say because we associate bullies with like high school or grade school, but that's straight up what the situation was. Um, she likes to drink and that's cool. That's great for her. I, as you know, being the head sober girl, I'm not a drinker. <laughs> Funny that, funny that should uh, uh, happen. Um, but she took that personally. She really took, and I'm not a preacher by any means. Like I don't, you know, judge. I don't make comments. I don't, I just, I don't because that's none of my business. 
do what you want to do. Just don't hurt me in the process. Um, and when it gets to that, then we got to talk. And, you know, this has been kind of going on for a couple months and it started off with silly little bullying tactics, um, name calling, <laughs> uh, calling me ugly, which really, really hurts me. I don't know why. It's just a childhood thing. And I was always called ugly as a kid. And I, I guess I believed it. <laughs> um, so that is just really painful to hear that. And especially from someone who you live with and that you think might know you or you think you might know them. Um, so started off like that. Bullying um, wasn't great. Uh, and then a couple weeks, it really escalated. Um, she was kind of out of control, I guess, on a bender and drinking. And uh, we had a couple words. She took it very personally and um, charged at me and attacked me to the point where my other roommate had to pull her off of me. It was pretty horrific. Um, she punched me in the face, which was lovely and really annoying because I have had a nose job before. So when you punch someone in the face, in the nose with an already compromised nose from a previous surgery, it doesn't, it doesn't end well. <laughs> uh, thankfully, Thank the heavens. Thank whoever you want to thank. I don't know who my God is. I don't, I'm, maybe I should think about that. I don't know. Um, but thankfully, it has really healed pretty well. Not going to need another surgery or nose job. Thank the stars because those are painful and expensive. And I might just end up having to do a little like kind of manipulation or correction with some fillers and we're good to go. However, that punch to the face, punch to my nose, really, really messed up my mental state. I, over the past couple weeks, have never felt so ugly, um, for one, because every time I looked in the mirror, I saw this kind of jacked up nose and I was catapulted back into this horrific situation. Like, I'm talking, like, a bad episode of Maury, okay? Like the Jerry Springer, um, it was just embarrassing, actually. Uh, the police were called, I had to go to the emergency, and during like COVID and this whole situation, like that is not a place you want to go to. So it was really terrifying. So, you know, every time I looked in the mirror, all I saw was this like this cut across my nose, bruising, black eyes. It was horrible. And I just kept saying, I'm like, okay, you know what? We can get through this. We can do this. You know, this is only temporary. And thank God for Instagram filters. Thank God that I found out that Zoom has a filter. Yes, if you didn't know this, by the way, uh, I've gone to your preferences. Zoom has um, a filter on it that makes to just corrects whatever is going on. Um, and thank God that I don't have to see people face to face right now because that's the law. Um, but it really, really messed 
mess me up. Like I was literally catapulted back into the days where I felt like I was in high school and just the name calling and and being called ugly and not good enough and just really, really weighed heavy on my um, my self-confidence. And I just, it's not like I was tempted to drink or anything, but I just didn't understand. I'm like, I've done everything right for the past three years. <laughs> so I know three years. Um, I thought, you know, this stuff doesn't happen to people who are sober. Um, but that's not true because you can't control other people. You know, even though sometimes you want to, um, you cannot control outside circumstances. The only way you can control is your feelings and your thoughts around them and wow that was a huge huge test this past month um I mean and this kind of also like bleeds into the the next question you guys really wanted to know how to handle friends that don't kind of jive with your non-drinking lifestyle or no booze diet uh as I like to call it and I really have to say, like, I it took me a little while, not gonna lie, but you can't take it personally. I think in this particular situation, it didn't matter what I did. This person just didn't like what I was about because it reflected on her own insecurities and her her points of view, and, and she was feeling judged and challenged, even though I was not judging or challenging at all, that's just her perception. And unfortunately, you can't control that. You can say whatever you want. You can reassure them, but a person like that is is not going to hear it. It's like speaking another language. And this really applies to um, other friends, you know, who maybe are weirded out by your not drinking. I, you know, when I f- stopped drinking, um, it was really hard and it was pretty lonely at first. Just gonna be really bl- brutally honest with you. If you um, expect to feel lonely, but don't expect that to, fe- to feel that way forever. I promise you. I promise you. My, I, Scout's honor, pinky swear, that you will find people who love and admire you. Uh, There's this really great saying, uh, don't go where you're tolerated, go where you're appreciated. And that couldn't be more true. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. True. Um, you, you know, my old friends when I that I used to drink with, um, if you even want to call them friends, 
kind of funny. Uh, but we used to just sit around and talk shit and drink and talk about people. Like, what? How boring and lame is that? Like, that's not going to get you anywhere. First of all, talking shit about other people makes you extremely untrustworthy. And if people, your friends are talking about other people like that, I can guarantee you they are also talking shit about you like that. So, ugh, that's just, that's just not cool. But Please, please try and not take it personally. If your friends don't call you as much or stay in touch with you as much, this is completely natural and it's okay. You are you're ascending to a different level and not all people are going to rise with you. My grandma always used to say, water seeks its own level. You know, are you, are you a glass half full or half empty kind of thing? Um, but please, please know that there are so many people out there who are going to love and appreciate you for you, for your not drinking, for your funniness, for your silly little anecdotes, for your skills, for your knowledge, for, for anything that you have that makes you, they're going to love you for that. And I, I can attest to that because my best friend Kate, who I talk about a lot because I love her and I'm so happy to have found her, uh, which by the way would only be possible if I had let all these other friends, uh, aka drinking buddies, out of my life. If I had released them because they were making room for new friends, for new Kates in my life. And wow. It is literally like, it's night and day. I cannot even explain to you. Um, just an example, like my friends who were drinkers um, would think it was silly and stupid. They would actually say this to my face, that it was stupid that I was drinking non-alcoholic beverages or alternatives. What? I'm sorry, but that is not a friend. Flash forward to my best friend Kate, who texts me and asks me if I had tried this new non-alcoholic wine at the store and if if I if she could pick it up for me. I'm sorry, that is completely different. As soon as you let go of all those little stragglers, I promise you, a Kate will come into your life. Or a couple Kates. Maybe you'll have a couple Kates. And you will just look back and be like, how how did I do this? Why? Why did I do this to myself? It's just, but you don't see it because you're in it right now. I know. It's, it can feel lonely and really uncomfortable. And I promise you, pinky swear, it will change. And it's kind of easier right now, if this is one positive thing about quarantine, that you don't have to go out and socialize and you don't have to explain yourself to to your so-called friends or people that you hang out with. You can literally do whatever you want right now. That's amazing. <laughs> um, let's talk about how to make it through 30 days. Now, I always talk about 30 days and how 
the first 30 days really helped build a solid foundation to my now three years, which is kind of amazing. Um, Backstory, it took me 10 years to get three years, by the way. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, but it took me 10 years to really see the value in sobriety. And I would try, you know, I, I was in and out of AA. That wasn't for me. Um, I need to be, feel positive. I need to feel motivated. I need someone to look at me and be like, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. The sun will rise tomorrow. Um, I don't really get off on commiserating and, you know, coming together to talk about the past and what we did and what might have happened or could have happened or should have happened. I am much more of a forward thinker. And yes, of course, it's it's great to acknowledge and um, take the lessons that you have learned from your past. Please don't get me wrong. But at some point, you got to go forward. You got to go through. That is the only way to progress and to expand and to evolve through this. You, you got to go forward one step in front of the other. Um, so that is my mindset. That is, that is where I'm coming from. And for, I guess, the beginning of the end, let's call it that, um, for my first 30 days of, of the rest of my life, let's say, um, there was a couple things that I, that I really um, focused on. And I think number one was structure, having um, tools and, and um, implementing strategies in place uh, t- to my day even to, to really um, put some, some backbone behind it. Um, and what that looks like, I, I personally work from home, so I have to be very structured or else nothing gets done. And if nothing gets done, Jessica doesn't get to eat. So that's how that works out. Um, but in terms of my sobriety, um, just really being, I guess, kind of tough on myself. Like in 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 regards to, um, well, first of all, food, because and and I say this like tough on myself in in terms of structure, um, in terms of like making sure I eat because if I don't eat, I get crabby, and if I get crabby, you know, I will literally grab anything and put it in my mouth. So that is not a good idea. <laughs> so really, yeah, um, taking precautions and taking steps to ensure that that doesn't happen. Having healthy stuff around that I can reach for. Um, Instead of, you know, getting hangry and being like, you know what, I'm just going to have this bottle of wine because it's quicker to open than making a whole meal. Yeah, no, that doesn't, that doesn't work. That doesn't help anyone. Um, So treat it kind of like your job. Like, how would you structure your work schedule? I would try, I would treat my sobriety just like that. Um, Another great way is to pick up some fantastic alternatives. Actually, they don't even have to be fantastic. Just try something different. Try anything. Alternatives make the world go round. This is why people, you know, have alternatives to different diets like vegan or um, 
gluten-free. You know, we, we have all these alternatives in our, in our lives and even cars. We have electric cars. We have gas cars. We have hybrid cars. You know, we have all these, these alternatives because people need them. That's how our brain works. Our brain does not function if you just eliminate something out of... This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash ASGG. Of your habits or out of your daily life. You're, that is a surefire way to get you into a mindset and to a way of feeling lack and feeling controlled or restricted. When you have alternatives, it's like you are are painting the rainbow. You are giving yourself a just a raw, a wide array of options. And that is fun. And what's fun? You're going to keep doing it. So get out there and try anything other than alcohol. And I mean that. Try kombucha. Try sparkling waters. Try um, sparkling apple cider vinegars. Those are really cool. Uh, try non-alcoholic beverages. There's a tons and tons of amazing non-alcoholic spirits out there that are coming out. Uh, fantastic non-alcoholic beers. If you need any more references, go to SoberGirlsGuide.com. Right there. There's a ton of amazing products that I have tested, that I have loved, that I've written reviews on. The alternatives are, are really important. We need something interesting on in our hands. We need something interesting to occupy our minds. And we need something that tastes fantastic. So definitely alternatives really, really helped me. Because they make it feel special and fun. Not like you're in jail or you're like at the kids' table. <laughs> um, another, another thing that I had to really wrap my head around was how to relax. And I want to backtrack on that, that, um, that because it's kind of redefining fun. We, we, think, we often think of fun as going out for drinks, getting wasted with friends, having girls over for a wine night. You know, in our society, a lot of fun or adult fun is centered around drinking. That's just kind of what it is. I know, they've like dumbed us adults down to like, oh, they can only do things with booze. No, 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 no. Let's, let's, let's prove them wrong. 
Um, so one question that I really, really focus on and I want to challenge you is what do you actually enjoy doing? And not just because you have to do it. What do you enjoy doing that at the end of the day, when all your chores, all your work is done, the kids are fed, everyone else is taken care of, what brings you joy that maybe doesn't influence or or bring other people joy, but what is at the heart of it? What makes you have a little flicker of fun, of excitement? What lights you up and turns you on? That was very, very revolutionary, actually, because as adults, we kind of meander through life on autopilot most of the time. We have a lot of habits and just routines that we just get into and we just do it because it's worked in the past and that's that's it. Well, what happens when there's kind of like a kink in the hose and you need to you need to switch it up? And I found that when I traced my days back and was like, what do I actually enjoy doing in my daily life? And it was really shocking that it wasn't a lot. I was just going through the motions. And if you're living like that, are you really living? Or are you just kind of scraping through? So finding kind of redefining what is fun to you and that really directly correlates to how you'll have to relax or if you will have to relax I mean if you're having a good time what is there a lot to relax from see where I'm going here like one hand kind of washes the other Um, if you're doing things that are fulfilling to you you know kind of eliminates some stress in your life therefore what does relaxing look like and when I redefined those two things it was like a light bulb went off I'm like oh okay if I actually do things that I enjoy when you change your relationship with alcohol you realize you have so many hours in the day I love to dedicate my time to skincare and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to 
O-S-E-A-Malibu.com and use code A-S-G-G for 10% off. Joy. I don't have a lot of stress because I'm not doing things that I hate. <laughs> Do you see? It's, it's a cycle here. Um, bubble baths are huge on my list. Uh, the fun stuff. I think, you know, what would, would we generalize as self-care? Um, even like painting my nails. I really paid attention this morning, um, especially, you know, being in this quarantine situation. I missed putting on perfume. I love scents. Like scents are so important to me. And I missed putting on my perfume because I thought like, why would I waste it? I'm just staying at home. But oh my gosh, even smelling myself right now, I'm like, oh, I smell so good. It just makes me so happy. It's really the little things, you know, that's a, it's a big question. What do you enjoy doing? It's a big question. But the answers I think you'll find are, are really simple and very sweet. So I challenge you to answer that question for yourself. Uh, another thing to make it through your first 30 days, accountability. This is a tricky one. Now, I understand some of you may not want to share where you're at in this in your journey, but I kind of want to challenge you on that because that is what accountability is all about. Um, you know, telling a friend that you love and trust, that's huge. Or even family members, you know, we're, we're at home with a lot of our family right now. And um, I think sharing, you know, sharing a 30-day challenge that you're doing with your family or your partner, I think it's great. There is nothing bad that can come of that. And I think a lot of people are afraid of, well, what if I don't keep my commitment? What if I don't keep it up? Yeah, that's very possible. And that's the whole point of accountability. So you can figure out, okay, this doesn't feel great when I break my commitments and pivot and figure out how you're going to change for the next 30 days or for your next challenge. This is the whole point of accountability. And it kind of brings me to my first point of pain and avoiding that, avoiding embarrassment, avoiding uh, the guilt. We can't avoid pain. We, ju we just can't. That's, it's part of life. And I think if you avoid pain, you're avoiding growing. So be accountable. Bite the bullet. Do it. Because you're not going to get anywhere that's worth going if, if you don't have accountability and commitment behind it. Um, another great way to look at, at your first 30 days is to treat it as an experiment. Treat it as just that, a 30-day challenge. How can you challenge yourself to, to go booze-free for 30 days? I think this was um, a really interesting way to look at it for, for myself personally because it almost felt like it was taking the, the weight off. Like when I, I kind of made it fun, like even saying 30-day challenge made it fun. I'm a very competitive person. I'm like Tanya Harding competitive. <laughs> so having the word challenge behind it kind of like it makes me it makes me want to stick it out even though you know yes it's going to be hard it's going to be tough 
but it makes me more curious. It keeps me in that state of, oh, well, why is this tough? Why is this hard? It, when you use a challenge, it separates our emotions and it makes it just that, a challenge. Think of like a fitness challenge or a no sugar challenge or a weight loss challenge that you've done before. You just did it, right? You didn't, you didn't really think too much about it. You kind of just got through it. You went through the exercises. You went through um, whatever you needed to, to do to achieve your goal and you made it happen. This is the same, same thing with alcohol. If you can kind of separate, put a little space between emotions and, and alcohol itself, it will allow you to, to stay mindful and stay curious. And you'll learn a lot. So those are some great ways of how I personally made it through 30 days. And if you are looking for a little more accountability, um, that is why I created the 30 days booze free challenge, 30 days to gain. Uh, this challenge is amazing and it teaches you all the ways alcohol is affecting your body. It is motivating you. It is inspiring you to keep going and keep keep re- to reach your 30 days. Um, it also comes with two amazing worksheets that you do daily. So it's a fun little challenge. It is an experiment. It was just that, a challenge. It is a great tool and way to separate those emotions and just to see what life would be like booze-free for 30 days. Like, what do you actually have to lose? Nothing. At the end of the 30 days, you can go back to drinking if you want. You really have nothing to lose. But my hunch is you're going to want to keep not drinking. (laughs) That's just me. Uh, Let's see. Another question I had was about our latest episode with my good friend, Katie Deegan. And we talked about being Cali sober. Now, if you didn't catch that episode, being Cali sober um, means you abstain from alcohol, yet you partake in uh, cannabis. So you smoke, you smoke reefer, you smoke the weed, you smoke the marijuana. Um, I personally do not do this. I kind of abstain from anything that... um, alters my mental state. Um, that's just my personal preference. I, I even, you know, even caffeine, I don't love it. It makes me super, super anxious. And so I kind of avoid it at all costs. I don't love it. I don't love the way it feels. Um, however, no judgment to people who partake in, in the Cali Sober lifestyle, but a lot of people were having issues or having, um, I guess, problems of wrapping their head around, is that really sober? But my question to you is, how do you define sobriety and actually, why does it bother you? Because it doesn't affect you, really. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, definitions and you know, this typecast and fitting people into these boxes doesn't help anyone. Uh, It's really limiting. And I think we're more than just these labels that we slap on ourselves. Um, But 
I don't know. Why does it bother you? Like, let people live and do what they want to do. If it's not hurting you or affecting your life, eh, who cares? And honestly, the, the very definition of sober is not drunk or not affected by alcohol. They're just, I guess, being affected by marijuana. So, I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. I really don't have a problem with anybody who drinks or does anything. That's, I don't think that's the issue here. Um, for me personally, um, alcohol is not the enemy. Drugs are not the enemy. It's how we use them. It's our intention behind them. You know, if, if you're using drugs and alcohol to run and escape your life and that makes you feel bad about what you're doing to to numb out and to escape your life I don't know maybe we should talk maybe we should look into that but you know I know tons of people who are classified as technical alcoholics but they don't have a problem with their drinking habits so how can you label that as an alcoholic they don't have a problem with it, so they're not going to change. It doesn't affect them negatively. They don't have any guilt, shame, or remorse around their relationship with alcohol. So who are you to judge? Who are you to say anything? I think if we stay in our own lanes and and focus on what we have, I mean, we got a lot of stuff going on on ourselves and our own heads, right? Take that energy and put it towards yourself, and I guarantee you, you won't regret it. There you will find a return of investment and just focus on your own healing. That's what I'm doing. Um, oh, this is a really cute question. I thought this was really fun. And we're going to wrap it up with this last question. Just something fun and light. Where do I shop for my clothes? Um, <laughs> I thought that was really cute and funny. Um, that is a funny question because... I love shopping, but I don't really like to buy a lot. I know, it's odd. Um, I get a lot of inspiration from going out and shopping or looking online and looking at outfits. I love fashion and stuff like that. But where, if you were to track my purchases, um, I would have to say H&M and Zara are my favorite stores. <laughs> and I even... You know what? I'm just going to go there. I love Target. I love Target's clothes and even sometimes Walmart. I don't really care where I get my clothes from. I think I have a really, uh, let's say, unique, I have been told, a sense of style. And I'm just going to run with it. And I don't really follow labels. I don't really follow trends too much. Um, I kind of just... I love bright colors and this comes from a woman who was in a uniform of black for most of her life. <laughs> um, black was my go-to. I thought it was serious and professional and it just, I don't know. I don't know why I wore black for so long. I was like borderline gothic, I think, in my head. Um, but I have just really gravitated towards color and it really helps my mood. Right now I'm wearing a, a really bright yellow uh, hoodie from my best friend Kate. She got it for me for my birthday and it just makes me so 
happy looking at this bright color. It's it just really brightens my mood. And I think having color around me makes me feel good. So anything, anytime I can get my hands on something cute and colorful, I'm going for it. Uh, so that's kind of all I got. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I could not do this without you. And I mean that in all serious, all seriousness. I could not do this without you. Um, A Sober Girl's Guide has really grown and blossomed and flourished because of you. And I want to thank you so much for that. And if you are not already, please make sure to like, rate, and subscribe the podcast. We love hearing your feedback. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Sober Girl's Guide. And of course, like I mentioned before, check out the blog. We have tons of how-to articles, tips, and tricks. And my favorites, uh, we have a whole page of amazing downloadable tools just for you. Now, these tools will help you in any any aspect of your sobriety. Um, Whether you are five years along, five minutes along, or five months along. These tools I personally use myself in the beginning of my sobriety and to now. Um, I really love them. They really help me out and I hope they will help you as well. You can find them at asobergirlsguide.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great day.